Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Martin Luther King Day, moviegoers. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new episode. Welcome to episode 228, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am your host, Juan, and I'm joined by the cast, the crew, the guys. Edward? What's up, folks? How's it going? Zach? Hey, guys. What's going on? Craig? Hola? And it is Playoff Monday. I'm excited. It's Cowboys Monday, but it's a whole new movie Monday. And today we're talking about the menu. Uh, guys, how was the weekend? Actually good. Yeah, it was, it was solid. Just just another weekend. You know, about the solid, another weekend. Zach? Fair, fair to Midland, what can you say? Fair. Oh, it was okay. It was fine. <clears throat> you know, it sounds like we could all use a little pick-me-up that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk a little bit, me up. We're going to talk about a brand new movie like we have done the past few weeks. Um, speaking of the last few weeks, if you guys were not with us last Monday, go back and listen to us wherever you listen to podcast. We talked about Glass Onion, the latest Daniel Craig movie, uh, Knives Out Mystery. Find out who liked it, did anybody love it, and who hated it. Go back and listen to the episode uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, social media, if you guys have not heard or watched an episode yet here, find us on the social media, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Twitter is at Cinnamon405, or you can email us. Email bag is returning next Monday. Email us at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. So email bag coming back next Monday. Glass Onion is what we reviewed last week. Um, and some of the email bags, guys, which we'll get to next week, some people say we were a little too harsh on uh, the old Glass Onion, but uh, it is what it is. If you guys want to know our opinions, go back and listen to it. Um, I mean, like, they can say we're harsh, but, I mean, Zach, you're, you're – you, I was the highest one out of all of us. And, you, I mean, you love Knives Out. We all, we yeah. all pretty much – Enjoyed Knives Out. Give it like probably eight, eight to ten. Just something about Glass Onion that uh, didn't tickle Did my fancy. Did not interest. Yeah. All four of us actually didn't tickle any of our fancy. <clears throat> not really. I mean, I enjoyed it. I'll watch it again, but it's not really like I just am over the wall about it. Um, speaking about some of the stuff we might have watched, anybody check out anything recently that uh, anybody wants to get off their chest? Uh, me and Craig were talking about it over the over the text message thread. The Last of Us, the new I HBO watched, Max series. I watched it today. I watched episode one today. All hour and 27 minutes of it. Phenomenal. Yes, I'm lost. I'm phenomenal. I guess I am the last of us to watch it. There you go. I'm not... I'm, I'm not uh, okay. I didn't watch. Yeah, the, we we all I, know we all know why you don't like the show. Go ahead and say it. I didn't watch, Pascal. I didn't watch the video game. I didn't play the video game. I watched the episode. I've never played the video game either. The first hour of the episode, I agree with Zach, was phenomenal. But the last twenty-seven minutes, it kind of just left me blank, and it was kind of slow. 
I honestly would have been okay if this was an hour long episode. I somewhat agree, but I I have an idea of where the video game goes. Exactly. I, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. No, the final 30 minutes was fine. <laughs> There's not like there wasn't a like I I planned on watching the first 15 minutes of the the show to kind of see where it was at cuz it was like midnight when I started it. No, like, oh, it's going to be one, one thirty when I go to bed. I could not turn it off. Stop. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, the same here. I was just gonna watch probably thirty minutes of it, thirty minutes of it before hopping on or whenever we we're gonna do the show, and I got through the whole thing. I was I'm very excited about where this is gonna go. What's up, Liam? Same. I wouldn't mind if it was just an hour though. I don't know. I, if it's if it's not a movie, an hour and twenty seven minute TV show doesn't interest me. The, well, so it probably will turn into an hour long. It was just that first episode was probably an hour twenty seven. Yeah. You guys see they the, had to set uh, up the world and everything. You guys see the uh, poster for uh, Mandalorian season three? I did not. No. Yeah. No. Looks pretty interesting. But why wait any longer? Let's talk the top five. We are talking our top five favorite Ralph Fiennes movies. <laughs> If you guys have not been with us, we are talking the top five. It's a fun little segment we have every single week. Um, Play along. Follow us on any of our social media accounts. Um, you guys can also watch us Here you go, live. Craig. Here you go, Craig. You, That's the poster. Not bad. Not bad. You guys can also also watch us live 6 p.m. every single Monday right here on Ema Swap Productions YouTube <laughs> channel. And uh, hit us up on uh, www.prescribedfilms.com. The PFPN. You can find a bunch of great content there as well. Um, but guys... We're talking The Menu today, which stars Mr. Ralph Fiennes, and we are talking his top five movies. This is going to be interesting. I don't think we've hardly really talked any Ralph Fiennes movies. Um, Maybe a few back in the day, but we've never really spent too much time on him, so I think it's going to be fun to dedicate a top five to the guy. Uh, I have some honorable mentions. Does anybody else have any? No. No. Um, I'm going to go through and say The Kingsman. Uh, He was was fun and terrific in that. And then my official honorable mention is going to be The Reader. So, Zach, we'll start with you, number five. Uh, number five is pretty much the prequel to the series, uh, Red Dragon, uh, about Hannibal Lecter, a uh, retired FBI, FBI agent with psychological gifts, is assigned to help track down the Tooth Fairy, who uh, Ralph, Ralph Fiennes plays in the movie, with the forensic psycho- psychiatrist Dr. Hannibal as an uh, aide in investigating the case. Um, he is generally creepy in this movie and he pulls it off brilliantly. And he, I think he, I mean, obviously Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter is one of the great cinematic villains, but he, (laughs) but he, uh, he can rival him in this movie. So number five is Red Dragon. Nice. Uh, number five for me is going to be probably the, one of the franchises that a lot of people know him from. Number five for me is going to be Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part Two. 
Um, I don't think you can bring up Ralph Fiennes and not talk about Harry Potter just because of how important he is to this entire franchise and how he really is to the character. Um, I heard, you know, I'm not a book guy, but I heard he played the character to a teat. And uh, a lot of people was uh, very, very uh, pleased with his performance. And the, the second Deathly Hollows in, in my eyes, is probably one of his best performances in the entire franchise. Um, so number five for me is going to be Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Which I did to say, we are going to be diving back into this franchise a little on later in the year. Um, Edward, number five for you. Number five for me, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 2010's Clash of the Titans. He plays Hades. Um, Ralph Fiennes just brings it, man. I mean, he, he, I, you've got a lot of iterations of uh, Hades going, or Devil, or Lucifer, or Satan, whatever you want. But I feel he brings a genuineness in his own right to it. So I personally, I thought that was a pretty cool role for him to touch upon. Yeah. Craig, number five for you. Can I touch it? Um, <laughs> my number five is going to be, I'm going to go with the menu. Um, I, I, I think he, you know, uh, without saying too much, I think for somebody who had to kind of be the star of the show, he delivered. I'll put it that way. So that's my number five. Zach, number four. Uh, number four, uh, had to put this in here. I, Totally forgot. I forgot he was even in this movie. Uh, number four is Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, young boy named Kubo must locate a magical suit of armor worn by his late father in order to defeat a vengeful spirit from the past. Once again, Ralph Fine plays the bad guy as the Moon King, but you also have the awesome voice cast of Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey. Terrific, terrific movie. It's beautifully animated. Um, it was. I got to see that in the theater, and that I think that was like one of my top of 2016 or whatever it came out. Uh, so that, number four is, uh, is that a stop motion? Yeah, like stop motion animation. It's like part stop motion, part CGI an animation. That's uh, really well done. Uh, so number four is a uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Nice. Um, number four for me is gonna. I won't spend too much time on it because we talked about it uh, a few years ago, last year. No, yeah, a few years ago already. Damn. Number four for me is No Time to Die. Um, he's not in it a lot. But the way he portrays M in this very last film and the way uh, he has some, some scenes with Daniel Craig is just phenomenal. And the dialogue back and forth is great. So um, I think he did a great job as M in this final uh, James Bond flick that may he may be, you know, maybe the very last Bond movie he does as well. So uh, number four is No Time to Die. Edward, number four for you. Number four for me, I'm going to go with the number four in the franchise, Goblet of Fire. Um, throughout three movies, you get the voice and different things and a lot of talk about the character, <laughs> but you don't get to see the character until the last bit of the fourth movie. Um, the embodiment of Voldemort, uh, he who shall not be named, uh, is an amazing thing in this and how they play out the entire scene at the very last bit of the movie is practically perfect from the book to it in my eyes. Um, so yeah, Ralph Fiennes coming up with that, and 
every line he delivered was just spectacular. So, yeah. Craig, number four for you. <clears throat> I just want to say one thing I can't stand is people who the book was accurate. <laughs> Watch the movie. Don't compare. Uh, <laughs> number four nay, for nay. me. Number four for me is going to be the King's Man. Um, I I enjoyed him in that franchise. Um, I think his, you know, much like him, um, he, he just suits that role very well. Um, so number four for me is going to be the King's Man. Nice, uh, Zach. Number three for you. Uh, number three. Uh... Johnny, you had the last film he was in. I'm going to start with uh, Skyfall as my number three, the first time he plays him. Um, original, I think when you watch the movie, you figure out his name is Mallory. It's kind of obvious where they're going to go with that. Um, but I thought he was a great, it was a great transition between Judy Dench's Judy him to Ralph Fiennes' him. And I thought he was the perfect casting for that role. Um, he kind of fits, obviously, the British um, gentleman, I guess you would say. Um, I'm glad that he was kind of a, in the beginning, kind of a, quote unquote, not a nemesis, but kind of a, he didn't really agree with what Bond was doing had, in the beginning. He had resistance. Resistance, yeah. And just like, what, just why did you come back? Why didn't you just stay dead? And I thought like that relationship through the last three movies um, really worked. So number three is Skyfall. Nice. And you know what, guys, I, I want to mention this right quick. We talked about all the Daniel Craig Bond movies a few years ago. And I got to say, even though James Bond may not be my cup of tea sometimes when it comes to an action movie, those are some damn good Bond movies. And it's going to be super tough for anybody to follow what those movies did. So I just got to say yeah. hat off to those movies. Um, number two for me. No, number three. I'm, I'm only at three. Uh, number three for me is going to be Schindler's List. Um, I can't remember. We have not yet talked about this movie, right? Uh, so. we, we were going to, and I think I think this is the year that we might, because um, it turns thirty years I think old. It turns thirty, yeah, yeah, it yeah turns thirty years 30, old this year. Yeah. Thirty years old this year. So I know we're going to talk about it this year, but um, he is just—I won't spend so much time on it since we will. But Ralph Fiennes, when you talk about the evilest of evil in this movie, the dude is top notch when it comes to acting, and a lot of his stuff gets overlooked because you know he's. He's M or he's Voldemort, but you know when it when it comes time, the dude can act. And uh, my three movies for him can can flip flop either way. But uh, number three is going to be Schindler's List from nineteen ninety three. Edward, number three for you. Uh, number three for me. Uh, call me cheap. I don't. I don't really care. But these are the movies I personally really enjoy him in. So it is what it is. Order of the Phoenix. Um, the very very main protagonist of Order of the Phoenix. Uh, straight out of the gate, you know, you, you, man, it's just a lot of, uh, Lord Voldemort or Ralph Fiennes in this. So, you know, at, it's fitting that, you know, uh, with Harry going through so much that they have such a big kind of, uh, I don't know, worth it moment in the end. And, you know, he gets revealed to the minister of magic, who's wanting to just not even think about it. So this one, you know, especially that last battle between uh, with the sand or glass for that matter that got turned into sand, that was a brilliant um, use of CGI and just, yeah, effects. So, yeah. Uh, Craig, number three for you. 
Number three for me is going to be um, – I'm just going to kind of group them all together. The, the world of 007. Um, mm. I know he kind of shines outshines in other films compared to some of the others. But, again, just that role, like you said, he – the – the swap, the switch over from Judy Dench to to him as M was almost seamless. I mean, you, you go from the movie to the next movie, and you're like, "Hold on, somebody else played this character," you know. And it's mm-hmm. it's when you're able to do that, and you're able to just kind of blend in that character seamlessly. It really speaks to how well you can portray that character and just make it a part of that world without there being kind of like a something's off about this guy moment. You know what I mean? So. Uh, that's going to be number three is the the 007 franchise. Uh, number two for me is going to be uh, it's on HBO Max as well from uh, 2014, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, he's a, a funny, nitwitted character in this movie, and it is uh, Wes Anderson at his finest. If you guys have not seen this, I highly recommend it. It's funny, it's nitwitted, it's out there, it's got a fun cast. Um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, number two for me. Zach, number two for you? I think that's probably the most Wes Anderson film ever, honestly, out of all of his films. Uh, number two, going back to the other franchise, uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I agree with you, Ed. <clears throat> I mean, granted, he's only in the movie for about 10, 15, 15. 10, 15 minutes, but it hits. It's just like, okay, so the, everything we've been leading to, everything we've talked about this character, he, Ralph Fiennes embodies it. And just like the the sense of evil and the sense of just unpleasantness. Like when he's being like born like out of the, um, Ca- the cauldron. cauldron or whatever, it's just like it's just so nasty and like demonic looking. It is and so disgusting. When it, and when, you, when he's finally revealed and like his like his nose is kind of like, like a slit and everything Snake-like. and he opens it. Yeah, he opens his eyes. Is like, okay, so like, Ralph Fiennes embodies this perfectly, and I'm very excited about where this franchise is going. So number four is the Goblet of Fire. So I mean, with that man, you you've got a lot of different things going on, and most people don't even know that he's on his father's grave. They don't even pay attention yeah. to that line at all. You yeah. know, his Muggle father's grave. Uh, um, what, what's your number? What's your number two, Ed? <laughs> My number two might be surprising to a lot of people, but No Time to Die. Uh, playing him in that, like Johnny, said, like Juan said, I, I felt it was very, very cool to have the dialogue back and forth between him and Bond or Daniel Craig, whichever. Um, it was cool to not see him really as a villain, you know, but still although have they, that. Although kind they kind of, of set that, although they kind of set that up to be kind of yeah, he's a villain. I was about to say it. it it's almost, but not fully. But all you know. Yeah. But no, it, it's a. It's cool to not to see him in a different light, for that matter, and to see his his kind of not really action chops, I guess, but more of a uh, yeah, just Craig dialogue heavy and all that. So number two for you. <laughs> number two for me is going to be 1998's The Avengers. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I was two, wondering <laughs> if somebody would. Uh, number two for me is going to be uh, just the the Harry Potter franchise. I mean, Lord Voldemort, he is the ultimate kind of leading into everything for that movie and that, those films. And dude 
knocks it out of the park. I mean, when you want a villain, he he delivers on every scale. So uh, number yeah. two for me is going to be the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, every scale. Nice. Uh, is it my turn? Number is one. Number, number one. one. Number one. Um, <laughs> I won't spend too much time on it. We're going to talk about it today. Uh, the menu. Mm. Mm. That good, yeah. huh? That good. We'll All see right. what I think about it. Zach? Uh, number one has already been mentioned, but it's a Schindler's List. Um, I think, like you said, I think we're going to talk about this year in honor of its 30th anniversary. So we'll we'll just save the conversation for later. Ed, number one? Uh, number one might not come as any surprise to anybody. Uh, is mentioned already. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Oh. I was going to say the Lego Batman movie. You know. It, it uh, was there. It was, it was there. almost. <laughs> um, that, that whole battle, the whole... I mean, it's an embodiment of that character. Um, can't argue book versus movie. That either one doesn't matter. Sorry, but that is that is Lord of Voldemort. Simple as that. Um, that's all I've got to really say. Craig, number one for you. Number one for me. I agree with you, Zach. Sandler's list. Um, not only does he help elevate that movie, but the, just the movie itself is is fantastic. Um, I say fantastic, but it's very, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, so it's a fantastic movie. Very, about a it's a very fantastic movie. Yes. It's very hard, real. Yeah. It's hard to watch. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Today we are talking about the menu. Go check it out on HBO Max. I believe it's also out soon to buy on physical media. IMDb, has it, at, IMDb has it at 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes is at 88%. The Metascore is at 71%, while the Google users are at 83%. With a budget of $30 million, it did gross over $77 million at the box office with a November 18th, 2022 release date. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat an exclusive restaurant to eat an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Starring Ralph Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chu, John Leguizamo, directed by Mark Mylod. Um, guys, we're talking the menu. Um, we're on our January kick. We're talking a lot of uh, older or newer 2022 movies. Um, I got to say this this was a pretty fun watch for me. I watched it last night. I did not get to see this in theaters, so I've only watched it just this one time. But the entire time I watched it, uh, honestly, it kind of kept me on my toes and it made me just think and it made me wonder what what was next. It was only an hour and 47 minute movie and it did not drag at all for me. So I can't wait to get into it. Zach, what about you? Did you check it out in theaters? Have you seen it more than once? What was it like for the watch? Uh, no, this is a first-time watch. Uh, this movie came out during Thanksgiving, and during Thanksgiving, eight billion movies come out during that holiday weekend. It's just one that we didn't get to go see. Um, I, I'm with you, Johnny. I was on the edge of my seat with this movie. I was very, very impressed, and uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Ed, did you check this out in the theaters, or was this a first-time watch? Yes, first yeah. time and the only time so far. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, do you have any early thoughts? One, one, any one word? Okay. Oh. Craig? Um, first time watch, watched it last Monday after we got off the podcast. I was laying there and I was like, let's just get a head start on this thing. Nice. Give me some time to ponder on this movie because I thought it was going to be 
I thought it was going to be different than what I saw. So I thought it was going to be a little different too. I didn't know what to expect. I will say right off the bat, I got some huge A24 vibes. So yeah. you know that's that's always good for me. That always gets my motor going. Um, I think I think Anya Taylor Joy helps with that. Of course. Um, also, guys, I don't know. I got this in my notes, but whenever the scene was solely on Chef. Did you guys hear the eerie music in the background that made you feel like you were watching The Dark Knight? Did anybody else get that? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, did, Ralph finds The Dark Knight. Did anybody else get those vibes for when you you know when like when the Joker's playing and you hear that long violin string going? I just think it's very you know it's, it's a it's a five star restaurant. It's it's fine dining, and I think with that classical music, you know, fine dining <laughs> it's classical music, and I think just that mm -hmm. collaboration of the two really really helped kind of elevate it you know we grew yeah. up we grew up in the time and the era of reality tv so we see all these chef reality shows i know i got some of you guys to watch the bear on hulu um so which congrats to him on that uh that award he did win the award for that yeah that's right mm -hmm. um i gotta say this movie was so detailed all the way down to the final ending when it came to ralph fines and his character when i made this movie the number one for ralph fines you truly have to say that this movie is solely on his shoulders if you can't believe that he's an eerie creepy disgusting but yet brilliant chef the movie's not going to succeed no matter how outlandish the things are that they do or the food that they eat or how outsideish the characters are uh, mm -hmm. the movie rests on his shoulders and the dude kills it with his performance. Yeah, this is a comedy horror satire and you're not to made to believe, you know, you can't take it serious, but yet you have to. Ralph Fiennes just kills it in this movie, man. And all the way down from, you know, welcome to Hawthorne, no pictures, introducing the courses. Um, man, I'm just, I was... This movie blew me out of the water. I did not know it was going to be this good. Uh, I don't I, know about I, you guys. I got pieces of Midsummer vibes with um, the staff, the support staff and yep. everything. Mm -hmm. um, how they were just very like, you knew that there was something more that was going on, but the staff was still very stern. Like Elsa? Though, like Elsa. Elsa was good. The, the Oh, yes, yes. I'm thinking... No. You were talking about yes, the one the, of the Asian, the Asian house, you know, helpers, like the the first hand or whatever you yeah. want to call her. She, whenever she was going through and talking about their living arrangements, I was like, first off, that shit's hella creepy. And you know, when when they were talking about seeing the house and that's where Chef lives and nobody goes there, I was just like, I agree with you. Very, very, the A twenty four vibes were high. What'd yeah. you guys think of the first course? Uh, I mean, talking about the, the, island. On the, boat? the island. It's very ostentatious. I, Ed, you, don't, you, Ed, know. you don't, you don't seem too impressed with this movie. Me, Edward. Ed, I mean, don't wrong. Like in my head, I'm after after part of the ending. It just kind of. I don't think you like satires, though. It's not really that. Satires are fine, but this one just... Everything was just too... I don't know, man. It, 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 it... Was it... Was it... Is it 
the filmmakers being pretentious just to tell like a moral statement and it doesn't really come off that way. Is it, is it that sort of kind of just because like, okay, you go this entire movie and first off Nicholas Holt, I did not like throughout the entire, like his, I mean the character. Okay. You know, cool. But Nicholas Holt just, I, I, and forgive me, I am not trying to be offense for anything, but did he seem kind of autistic? Like he was playing an autistic role? Oh my. No, I, I think... Well, no, I'm just like, he didn't... See I think that. his his character, I think his character is supposed to, it's supposed to represent obsession. Yes. And by the time okay. you get to, by the time you get to his end, basically, the the, the obsession metaphor pays off. Because like, you know, yeah. he he, pull, he puts him on, puts him on the spot and says, cook me something. Big pay And off. he thinks he's... And he thinks he's done something good, and he says, "No, this is shit. Like, go, just go die." Basically, yeah. It's like his. That, his, that was so, <laughs> what jumping a little so, bit, but <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I I agree. Like, I'm watching the movie and I'm seeing his character develop, and I'm like, I don't really like Nicholas Holt as Tyler. I understand that Tyler's written that way. I feel like somebody else could have portrayed that character a little bit better, but. Yeah. At the same time, his somewhat goofy smirk Fits and perfectly. obsession with something as simple—I'm not going to say as simple as food because I understand food gets very complicated and and, and deep—but yeah. just his obsession with how he feels like it's tied into everything about life. Well, yeah. and, also, you got to look how how they made him just be possessive. Over, uh, let, let's go ahead and spoil alert. You know, we're 30 minutes in the episode. If you have not seen this movie, go check it out on HBO Max now. Uh, Margot is not who you think she is. No. You know, throughout yeah. the, the throughout the entire movie, Chef is like, "You're not supposed to be here. Why are you here? And, who you are know, you? Who are you?" And come to find out, she's a paid prostitute, <clears throat> paid by Tyler to come and accompany him to this ravishing restaurant. Where he knows he's going to die. He knows she's going to die. But he paid her anyway to come and die with him. So he wouldn't be alone because you can't have a seat for one. So all this all this wrapped up in this, this story is kind of just like, dude, I think, I don't know. I was just so appalled by some of the stuff that Hollywood does nowadays. You're like, man, where's the original ideas at? Then you get an original idea like this, something that you mm -hmm. may not have seen before. And you're just like, man, see... This is the kind of stuff that should be making close to a billion dollars, not something with two blue people that we've seen twenty thousand <laughs> times. I'll, I'll I'll hold your horses on that the one. Smurfs man. made a billion dollars. Smurfs. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is just uh, the story like, itself. I agree. Well, I I agree that the story and the idea is original. It's just whenever I saw some of the stuff, I thought it was going to be a straight up slasher film like you go to yeah. this restaurant and they're there and it's it's secluded and they just kill you when you're there like yes they are dying but i thought it was more more so like well, saw style well i didn't really think saw style my original theory about this movie was it was they're cannibals they bring these people onto the island and then they kill them and then they serve them to guests or they've they've captured a whole bunch of people because there's a scene where like you said, Craig, they're just walking through the, the, the island and they, they go to the meat shed and they say, like, okay, why can't we just eat this, <laughs> eat this? And they say, oh, because, like, in 30 seconds, she'll get, like, a bacterial infection and die horribly. It's yeah. like, okay. 
I, I, I thought the same thing when I saw the trailer. I thought this was going to be like a cannibalism, some kind of movie, but um, I'm kind of glad it wasn't, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do too. enjoy the twist that I, I still don't know 100% why Ralph Fiennes is the way he is. I think it's just kind of he's gotten so numb to, to, to life at this point, and he's kind of <laughs> at the point where he's taking people who have done wrong, you know – it's not these aren't just random people it's people yeah. that he feels like shouldn't be around because they're causing harm to other people exactly they're being pun they're being punished for their misdeeds basically right and i love that aspect of it like when they bring out the the tortillas with the the little scenes of their life Pictures, on there yeah. i was like that i love that that was so creative so brilliant and, and, the, and like again, don't get me wrong the same thing with nicholas holt's character tyler so, okay, I, I get the whole thing about the Anya Taylor-Joy's character, uh, Margot, or whatever her name was. <clears throat> but, you, I mean, that's your biggest sin right there. But other than that, your biggest sin is taking some pictures of food when you were asked But people to. do that. But people do that. They're obsessed with, like, taking pictures of, like, really good-looking food. Well, I don't, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think – let's hold on. Let's hold the brakes here. I don't think that's his biggest sin is taking no, pictures of food. His, his biggest no, sin is – his biggest sin was bringing her without her having the knowledge. That's yeah. what I said. No. I said, no. That's I, I just I think – I, well, I think, his, I think his biggest sin is he's obsessed, and he doesn't know how to let go of this obsession. Like, when – Anna Taylor Joy is saying, "Can you believe this? We need to leave." He's just like, "Are you crazy? Like, look what he's doing. This is awesome." It's just like, "No, get out of there." Ralph Ralph finds Hazum there at his kitchen because he is so obsessed with food that he knows he's not only does he know that he's going to die, he pays somebody else to come with him to be punished for his obsession. Yeah, and that that is why Ralph finds deems him as somebody that needs to go with him. Well. Not only that, but I think he, I think he actually deems him as somebody who's not worthy of the ending of the finale. Simply just, and that's part of the reason why he brings him into the back. Because don't get me wrong, the three characters I was highly, highly like really into was uh, Hong Chao's Elsa, uh, Ralph Fiennes' Chef uh, Slavic, and, and Anya Taylor Joy. You know, Megazama yeah. was all right, but it was just his interaction with his date or his Felicity, his assistant. I just, but that is a, I feel like that is an actual relationship that happens, though. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. All, all of these, yeah. all of these tables, all of these stories, you end up finding out why they're there and what kind of arrogant people they are being at this at this restaurant. And I mean, I think it's a. Uh, I don't know, for an hour and 47-minute movie, it gives you every table's little tiny backstory. Plus, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it, it delivers so much in just an hour and 45-minute film that, like, you know, and some some directors, some writers may not be able to get this done, not even in a two-hour and 20-minute movie. So to yeah. get this done in an hour and 47, to me, was, was well, kind of just phenomenal. Well, the, well, the only one that was kind of just th throwing me off for a loop, and it, it, they kind of play with the idea was the old couple, because I thought originally it was like, is this like, are, is Anna Taylor Joy like his daughter? It's, oh, but no, he's just like having an affair or like sleeping he, around he with different, different women. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that's Anna Taylor Joy's. I'm going to say this loosely. She's not really sinning because she's in the industry. That's what she's supposed to be doing. She's not harming anybody else because that is her profession. Yeah. 
he is the one that is, you know, harming his wife because of the, um, you know, cheating and adultery. So before, mm-hmm. um, before the, the taco scene that we kind of mentioned, you guys, you know, you, we, we talked about the tortillas. what do you guys think of, uh, the, the story with his mother and the scissors? I thought that was made up. I mean, it, of course it's made up. It's in a movie. <laughs> I, I, you know I feel I mean. like I, I can understand why they added it in there just so they can add some trauma to his life to kind of at the end of the at the end of the movie it kind of makes you feel sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Not really to be honest. Well, well, well okay, so wait. Today. <laughs> what made I me, think what made me feel more sorry for him is because literally like one of his last moments is finally getting the joy back, you know, because, okay, I think you touched on it a bit earlier, Zach, you know, he kind of felt numb to life. And I don't really think it was just life that he felt numb to. It was his profession as well as what he felt he was supposed to be here doing. Uh, And with that being said, you know, he's creating these artistic and wonderful designs of food. And, you know, he gets to work with some of the, greatest ingredients in the world literally but at the end of the day it's to people he deems as you're never filled you're never sufficiently satisfied i like how he explains the food too like don't eat the food taste it taste it savor it enjoy it that's pretty pretty good dialogue well and i think that but that's the point of the sh- that's the point of a character that I personally enjoy. It's just like he's a world renowned chef. He feeds all these hot hoity high profile people that Thanks only want to come here because it's like, oh, we were we were on the list. We paid our money. They don't really give a shit about the food. They just want to be. They just want to have the experience. But when Anna Taylor Joy does the and all I want is a cheeseburger. There just brings like a sense of joy back to him. That's just like well, because okay, that's I, what he grew up doing, he was happy yeah. doing that, making comfort food for people who enjoyed the actual meal that they were eating, not just yes. for their experience. To take pictures to to showboat to other people that they have money and they can afford to go right. here. And I, I, I do. I I really did enjoy that concept of kind of putting that to light that people are not in the moment anymore. It's all about showing your wealth and showing your experience. And like, yes, you can, you can share your experience without being too um, douchebaggy. You know, you can be excited like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm finally able to do this. This is an experience I've wanted for a long time. Whereas those people is just like, we've been here seven, eight, nine times. And I can't tell you a meal that I've had. You know, because yeah. he asked the old couple to name and a meal. That's another thing right there, because he was like, okay, most people are blessed when they come here once, let alone twice. How many times have you been here? Eleven? You know, and, and on top of that was it. that, and then on top of that, more than likely was naming that, you know, you haven't just been here with her. Just mm-hmm. to say, you know. But at the same time, like, I felt that with his character, it, it was kind of an extreme like I said, an exaggerated extreme of like a Gordon Ramsay, you know, because, okay, whenever you, okay, whenever you go ahead and say something against Gordon Ramsay on one of his shows, he's always got an answer back for you all, you know, 
to where I feel like the extreme exaggerated version here didn't ever get any lip because you're simply like, this is, sh this is chef, you know, like world renowned, best in the business, top class of, you know, of any anybody. But and he, he doesn't have that clap back from anybody. So when he actually does literally get a clap back from somebody and because saying, that's a, I don't that's like a, the food, you know, that's another problem with all these people. They're, they're all yes, men. They're all, yeah. just, no matter yeah. what you tell me, I'm going to take it. Yeah, except, except for the table that really wanted the bread. Yeah, yeah. but that's but I think but, that's the joy in Anna Taylor Joy's character is that she sees through the bullshit of all this whole entire scheme, and so I think and I think that's why even though Chef or Ralph Fiennes doesn't really know why she's here, she because he he respects her in the end because he said, "Do you want to be one of them or do you want to do you want to die like them or do you want to be one of us?" Because and he be part knows. of us. You can just tell when people are from the service industry because they get it. Yeah. Working working as a waiter for a little bit, Johnny, we worked at the bowling alley. We kind of have we've all been in that service industry or are currently even in the service industry. And it's just different than corporate world. It's yeah. because corporate world, it's all what can I do to please everybody? Whereas mm -hmm. when you're in the service industry, these people don't really give a damn about you. They want their yeah. meal, they want their product, they want it, and they don't care how they talk to you or what they do to you. And like I think him seeing Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy's character kind of portray that she isn't just going to take any and all bullshit from what's going on. She's going to tell you like it is. I, I yeah. think it's the character, Ralph Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy's character were perfect for this film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Not a psychological back and and the psychological back and forth between them really worked. Yeah, I even go with Elsa. I mean, the the commitment of that of her with that character, for that matter, I, I thought was you know because just how she said no, you know how she came up and introduced how she would come up and talk and different things like that. Hong Cho Hong Chao, uh, I, I think did splendid with her character. Yeah. I, I, what was yeah. your? What was your favorite course? I would have to say I, the course that really like kind of set things in motion was the mess where the guy like basically kills himself on onto the, yeah. it's just like that sets everything in motion. I was like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is what's going on. Because literally when they drag the curtain, the, 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 you know, see through curtain, it's just like, okay. okay and then boom, just like, Oh, yeah. Okay, we are going this way. Uh, you know, kind of thing. So it's like, okay, all things are on deck, but what, you know, what is all this? What is, you know, um, I think I would probably have to say the, oh, um, I forget what the females course was called. The fourth course, I think, course four or course five or whatever have you. Where oh, man's, were, man's folly. Where the guys yes. had to run out into the forest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck? You know, because literally Ralph Fiennes didn't even get, or Chef didn't even get to explain what happened after they were given the head start. Because it was just like, well, 45 yeah. seconds starts now. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> so you just, just like, dipped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I mean, he kind of did the smartest thing. But at the same time, you know, he, he didn't even listen. You know, it's going to like gonna bring you back here. Going to kill you. Like, what's going to happen? And he just dips, and that—that's got to be my favorite part of that. 
Because I would the, probably have yeah. to say my my favorite course would be uh the impromptu Tyler's bullshit. Yeah, That's I liked how they yeah. I liked how they put the um what they were serving, put the name and the the ingredients on there, yeah. and then when they when you get to Tyler's bullshit, it's like like uncooked meat, terrible spices, <laughs> just like, like like terrible. Well, well, Craig, did you have a, did you have a Craig? Did you have a favorite course? Um. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of looking back. Um, I think the just the funniest one is the the breadless plate. Yeah, because you know everybody's going there. They all know about this bread that they serve, and today's the day where he doesn't serve it because he's you know he's messing with these people, and he gives them. I don't know if it's like a mixture of things that taste like. I think it's the oils that you the oils and the sauces you can dip the bread in, or the different butters. Yeah. So it's just it, it's it's funny because he's like he's telling them like it's like you're not gonna get bread and you're gonna get this, but then Tyler's still just like, oh my god, it's so amazing. Yeah. The the innovation of the chef just kind of points to how much of his obsession and willing to take anything from chef. One thing that I thought was hilarious was when Lillian got the big bowl of yeah. dip or sauce or whatever that was, the whole huge orange bowl, because she was just like, oh, you know. That's what I was going to bring up. That's what I was going to bring up, because it's like, that's such a great, and that's a great commentary on food critics, that, like, that's their job to go and, like, you know, review food places and everything, but that's her sin, is, like, you put so many people out of business because it wasn't up to your standards, that yeah. that's your that's your sin. What'd you guys think of the guy who helped keep him open during the pandemic? And I love that they used the pandemic in this movie, second straight movie that we've talked about. What'd you guys think of the Hanging Angel? Yeah, it's somebody who you think is your savior. Yep, but he's actually stealing money from you and yep. Yep. probably <clears throat> doing a lot of other illegal stuff. Yep, so just small stuff like that was just like man, again. Um, I will agree. This movie was very creative. Like, I understand my perception of what this movie was going to be was different from what it actually was. It was similar, but it was still different. The The creative thought behind coming up with the seven courses, behind the idea of the restaurant, behind why Chef was doing what he was doing, behind everybody at the tables, like... It was a very original idea. It, yeah. it took concepts of other stuff and made it a very original idea because it could have been straight up Saw, where he's just yeah. some cannibalistic guy going over people who he deems are, are you know, not righteous or, or worthy of living. But there's there's reasonings behind everything about it and the direction they took with it being a little more um, elegant in the way it went about killing them i think mm -hmm. there's there's beauty in that could you imagine them he he walks out and says i want to play a game and like yeah. that sets up the whole thing <laughs> he rolls out on a little tricycle from that silver door that they showed <laughs> yeah <in here. laughs> yeah my biggest thing the only thing that's truly truly kind of confusing me is why like okay tyler i get with his obsession but why would any of the others Straight up, just like, oh, okay, we're gonna die. Cool. Here's you know, see the, eighty thousand dollars. Because they see the folly in themselves. Like when they get the, the tortilla 
the tortillas with the pictures of their lives. The the I guess it's the Wall Street guys that get like a printout of like money that they've used, the transactions that they've used against uh, their customers or their clients. Yeah, it's like it's the realization that like I'm a terrible person, and yeah, I I probably deserve what's going to happen to me. John Leguizamo is probably the only one who's like. I guess because he's just a creep to his his client to his. Because um, he made that doctor movie. Oh yeah, he, he had to waste yeah. his time. Wasted the chef wasted his time. Yeah, which was it was hilarious, and I liked the the funniest part was whenever she calls for help and that guy comes in. Oh my and god! He gets the autograph and he tells him he's like, "Hey, I love your movie." It was such a twist that you weren't expecting it, where he sits there and he's like. He gets the note, he opens it up, and he's like, he's testing you. He's like, are you going to give him your autograph, or are you going to ask for help? Yep. And that whole mm-hmm. kind of plot twist where you thought they were actually going to get some help, and he, you know, he tells him that he he's loves part of the movie. scam. Yeah. Kind and of he uses, seen that and he uses coming, the gu- to be honest. And he, and he uses the gun as just like a, a lighter to light up the candle on the table. I was just like, oh, that, uh, I'll admit, that got me. I was I, like, damn. I, I had an idea it was coming, but whenever he like, whenever he saw John Leguizamo's character and asked for the autograph, I was like, okay, it's it's different. He's not just some guy that's going to come in and and mess with them. Yeah. What you guys think about? What you guys think about the final course, the dessert, the s'more, as it's called? That was that was hilarious, especially because it said underneath, what was it, chef. Uh, crew and uh, guests or, or guests, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was because literally I had to pause on each one and be like, "What was okay?" You know, that was that was brilliant. I liked how they made it. I liked how they made the s'more like a very you know, if you go to a fancy dessert. restaurant, yeah, an elegant dessert. It's like very it's, it's still and a perfect and colorful. Restaurant. Yeah, what you you're think? gonna die as a s'more. What I do you did, think? Oh, go ahead. Did you did you guys think that she had kind of turned chef after she asked for the the cheeseburger and he started handing out checks? Do you think he had a change of heart at one point, or did no. he still like no? They're still gonna die. I I think they were still gonna die. I think he had a change of heart for her in the middle of the movie, but I think when she killed Elsa, Elsa. and she was in his house and she saw the pictures. Something tells me that she saw something else in the in the house and was like, you know, he this is the way you beat him. Like this is the way you it was know the, she saw him smiling cooking the cheeseburger. With the yeah. cheeseburger. Yeah. 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 And and yeah. not only not only do you send the food back, but you you know, you uh you ask for something in return and you get the to go box and you know, uh you I see just, I I, I think like she the passed the test. She yeah. passed the test of she was a grateful customer. She enjoyed his food, and it wasn't always a, it was always about glitz and glam. Like she just wanted to get something to eat, to go to go box and left. That's well, why she got to live. Speaking it's of uh, also because she wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of horror movies, guys, I don't know if you guys checked out the recent episode of Friday the Thirteenth or Friday the Fourteenth podcast. Uh, as we talked Friday the Thirteenth, but this Thursday. January the 19th, we're talking Peacock original horror movie, Sick. It's exclusively on Peacock. Go check it out. This might be the kind of slasher movie you guys were wanting and talking about. Um, but that's what we're reviewing this Thursday on Friday the 14th podcast, Sick, the original so, horror movie on Peacock. 
kind of think that's cool that Friday the 14th talked about Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. That's true. Mm. It was pretty fun. The episode, the episode well, was released on Friday the 13th. Yes, sir. Um, so the ending, the cheeseburger, uh, she gets away, the s'mores, everybody got released and exploded in midair. And she, you know, she escaped. She was on the boat eating her to-go order of cheese, the cheeseburger. Um, do you guys enjoy the ending? Um, I, I, me personally, I did. Ed, we'll start with you. It sounds like you did not enjoy this movie at all. Did you enjoy the ending at least? You've seen part of it coming, like the death at least coming. I didn't know if she was going to live or anybody else was going to live for that matter. So, I mean... Somewhat, yes, but at the same time, it, it just seemed almost too cliche for itself in a lot of ways. That's really all. Zach? I mean, I, I, I like the ending. I thought it was a very... Satire. It's a satire way to end it, and the fact that, you know, to Bon Appetit, here's the final course, the dessert, which you're all going to die, and Anna Taylor-Joy is just sitting there eating her cheeseburger, and it takes the the napkin that has the menu on it just wipes her face with this. Like that's the end of the movie. I thought that was like pretty, that was good writing. And then the whole giving you. the gift bags, that was like, what? You, you don't have like the to, gift bag? It's, a, it, it's it, still a five-star restaurant. It, it was <laughs> for her. Yes. But for the rest, it was just kind of like, I just, I, Edward, you need, I, I think you just need to Google satire and go watch some more satire movies. Oh, no, I, I understand what a satire I, movie is. I, I'm I fully think, aware. I think, I think that's just the whole, that's the whole concept of this movie all the way back and forth. Craig, what are you? Did you, you enjoy the ending? Uh, I thought the ending wasn't as strong as it could have been. I do understand how and why they chose this, where it's just, it's an elegant way to, set everything in place to completely burn the the building and you know set as much flames for the for the gas to explode um could have been a little bit more but i i do understand the elegance of it with it being a five-star fine dining restaurant all right favorite scene edward we'll start with you the ending credit credits <laughs> probably course four again or the man's folly course probably favorite favorite scene um honestly anytime ralph finds ralph finds is on screen just like the the presence of his character i thought was very um um just threatening just you don't really know what he's gonna do how he's gonna do it and everything i thought he was a very smart he had a smart strategy to what he was doing and um the mess i i just thought that came out of left turn and just like that just like oh damn okay that's, here we it's go. Set the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would have to agree. The mess and then Tyler's bullshit. Craig. Yeah. So I I, I enjoyed because we all wanted it to happen when when he took Tyler up there and was kind of in his ear like cook me something. Yeah. Cook me something, and you know you would you would expect somebody to with that much knowledge to be able to at least do something decently, and he puts out some food and. He, you know, he tells him to take off the jacket, and he's like, "Dude, just, just go kill yourself." Like, you want to be this obsessive? You're not good enough to be in my kitchen, and you're not good enough to taste my food the rest of the way. So, let's go. Yeah, um, doses. 
<laughs> you know what? Another scene that we didn't bring up that was also a little powerful was when uh, Margot turns the corner and she sees Tyler hanging. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. like, that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't hesitate. She just looks and then just keeps walking. Like, no remorse, no regret, no nothing. Well, I, I, another scene I liked is when, you know, he tells Margot to go get the, the keg. Yep. And, you know, Elsa mm-hmm. kind of meets her there. You don't expect her to meet her there. And you think she's just following her because she's snooping. And he told her to go there. But it, no, it's it's because Elsa doesn't want anybody to replace her as, I guess, firsthand yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Which, you know, that whole thing kind of, it just shows how cynical the entire staff is at that point. Because they're all willing to go. They all know they're going to go. Yet they still complete a full fine dining experience. And not only like, that, like, like Bill Belichick said, just do your job. We'll be okay. That, just do your job. But I mean, it, it was almost military. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, which, which, which most five-star restaurants in the back are. When you get to something yeah. like that, it pretty much is military. I've, I've been to a pretty decent restaurant. Yeah. I've been to Chili's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, the the best star- of the five star restaurants. Speaking of five star, we don't stop at five stars, guys. We go to ten. Edward, out of ten stars, what's your star rating for the menu? See, if you give it a five, that'd be perfect. That just wraps everything up. It just like comes full circle. Five star experience. <sighs> no, it's not good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it is a five star for me, just because like <laughs> I don't know. It's ironic. But I'm not really interested in watching it again. I don't. Is, Ralph is this worst Anya of the Taylor year for you? Joy, huh? Is this worst of the year for you for 2022? Five's pretty low. Probably. Hesit- I think, yeah, I was like, you hesitated yeah. long enough. Well, I'm thinking that the five is the lowest I've given for from last year's movies. So I'd say probably. It was just... To me, it was a bit of a disappointment. Just, uh, yeah, old, yeah. I don't know, man. It's let, let me let yeah. me wash that menu taste out of out of you guys' mouth right quick. Clean, let me, clean let me the wash, palate with the tea. Let me, let me, yeah. Let me clean your mouth and take that five star rating out of here. I'm gonna give this movie an eight. Uh, I think it was a, uh, I think it was an absolute Anna Taylor joy to watch. I think it was also. Oh. I think it was also, like I said, <laughs> Ralph Fiennes to me is um, he his presence in this movie, at least anytime he talks, anytime he's on the screen, you just want to stop what you're doing and pay attention because his presence is that in this movie. Um, it's original. And I honestly dug uh, the uh, the presentation from. Uh, uh, okay, probably the first 15, 20 minutes, you're kind of like, OK, where is this going? I'm kind of not entertained. And then he claps his hands for the first time. And you're like, okay, I can see him giving a pretty good performance. And then the mess happens, and you're like, holy shit. That's yeah. where this movie kicks off. Um, and the dialogue is superb. And, and taking of the rain finger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot and, about that. And, yeah. and Ralph Fiennes, if you guys still don't know what to think of this movie after you listen to this podcast, just go watch it for the performance of Ralph Fiennes. Um, if, all, if you take anything away from this episode. So I give it an eight. Craig, what about you? Um, 
I feel like what I was hoping for kind of drops this down one. I, th I think it does just a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to give it a seven. I, I do think Ralph Hines completely controls the screen when he's on there. I think Andy Taylor joy and his chemistry is, is remarkable. Um, I don't like the casting of uh, Tyler. Um, that's just me, but uh, I mean, it might be more than just me, <laughs> but um, I do understand why his character was written that way. I do like the vibe of the movie and I do like the kind of original concept of it. So I'll give it a seven, mm -hmm. a solid seven. Zach, finish us off. Uh, I'm going to go with you, Johnny. I'm going to give it a solid eight. I think this is uh, everything you said. The two main performances, Ralph Fiennes and Anna Taylor-Joy. I'm glad they at least got some recognition. They were nominated at the Golden Globes. I think they're the best parts of this movie. The twist work, the social satire works, the commentary on just like how we are about things that are luxurious, but not really. I think it was really well done. To be honest, I don't know if I'll watch it again because I just know all the twists and turns and everything. So I'm just, it's it just would a little like things it to would, catch it things. Would be yeah, to enjoy it. It would be to see the different things that you could catch earlier on. Yeah, I agree with that. So the rewatchability is not really there for me, but it was a really fun experience to watch it. So uh, I'll give it an eight. Uh, I can't wait to honestly try to sit down and rewatch this again. I I think that's gonna do my my old uh, tell talls of. Uh, just the way this movie might go for the uh, top five of 2022. Um, but from one satire that is just tremendously, you know, uh, talked about and a lot of people love from last year to a satire that a lot of people kind of hate from last year. Next week, we're talking. Um, this don't movie worry, got hate. Don't worry, darling. Yeah, this movie got some hate. No, they got a lot of hate. Yeah. Got a lot of hate. Got a lot of uh, negative performances, supposedly. Um, but you know what? Chris Pine and Florence Pugh. I, for one, cannot wait to see it. I missed it in theaters. It's on HBO Max. That's what we're talking about next week. Don't worry, darling. Um, we've talked pretty much anything we can about Florence Pugh, other than a few of her other movies. So I think this is going to be kind of a joy to watch. Um what about you guys? Anything uh, and anything you guys have heard about? Don't worry, darling. Has anybody seen it yet? Nope. Um, my sister-in-law said she liked it, so I, I just know. got done watching it before hopping on here. So this this is my second watch. So oh, okay. Um, Did you this, like it? I, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> it is it is available to buy on Blu-ray and DVD, or you guys can check it out again on the HBO Max. Don't worry, darling. You also have Olivia Wilde. And uh, Harry, Harry Styles, Styles. Is in there as well. So we really, um, we really need to get paid by HBO Max because we've been HBO Max and up lately. Before we get out of here and before we put the final nail in the coffin and the menu, you guys have anything you want to add to this episode before we move on to next week? Uh, what's the week after? The week Black after Adam. is Black Adam. Another HBO, HBO Max. Max. Another yep. HBO Max movie. So are we doing? Are we doing Darnie Darko the the week first week of February? Yes, first week of February. That's H Don HBO Max it up again. Yeah, first week of February is Donnie Darko. You know they never they never reached back out to me after that email I sent them. <laughs> you, you notice they try to change their name and move locations. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, HBO Max was done. I wasn't that. 
You know what? I we're gonna it, we're, I, we're gonna talk some more about it probably when we talk Black Adam because there's the whole Warner Brothers thing and the whole Warner Brothers debacle and DC yeah. and what happens and do you smell what the Rock is cooking? We'll find out in two weeks. It wasn't so. what Ralph Hines was bringing to the table. Brother was, was bacon. Brother was bacon. Um, I think before I get out of here, before we get out of here, I just want to mention on when I do recent watches. Technically, um, I went and saw the whale, the new A twenty four movie with Brendan Fraser. I, like an it typical A twenty four fashion, it's not going to be for everyone, but I uh-huh. highly, highly recommend it. It's I'll just say it's it's glad I'm glad to have Brendan Fraser back. So it's so it's not going to be for Ed, is what you're saying. I, I don't know. Stop, it's just. Stop. <laughs> Let's just say it, it. Like I said, it's not going to be for everything. Everybody, it's it, it's going to be. It's Speaking either going to be you really like it or you hate it. So the fat CGI Brendan Fraser did it look bad? No, it was all a practical like suit that he wore. So it, it looked it actually looked really good. There's a scene that he's in that I saw just a few moments ago before I hopped on here. Unbelievable. He looked like he was just. It, he was. Did you see his, maxing it up? Did you see his acceptance speech? No, yeah, I did not. It, yeah, he It'll won last night at the Critics' Choice Awards. Did he, he, yeah, did he, this movie did will he, put you to tears, dude. Did he? Did he win Best Actor for at the Golden Globes? No, Austin Butler won. Ah, ah Austin did. Ah, ah. So, <laughs> <laughs> tell me why I knew you were gonna do that. Because <laughs> Stone Cold says so. Austin three sixteen says I'm gonna win this award. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, go check out the whale. It's still in theaters. You can go see it at the Warren or AMC, Penn Square, Harkins, wherever. So the whale. Hey, don't talk about my ex mother in law like that. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> what? The- <laughs> All right, guys. It's been fun. The menu is a great movie. Go check it out on HBO Max. Um, with your face being red, you look like a little dipping dot doing that. Not a dipping dot, but a just a, a dot. Those candies, the dot. A Marciano cherry. <laughs> Marciano. <laughs> what is that? Is that the kid from uh, Karate Kid? <laughs> That's Ralph Marcio. <laughs> Sounds exactly like what you said. You know, I'm glad there's a whole week in between episodes because if we had an episode tomorrow and the Dallas Cowboys lost today, I'd probably call in. Um, Don't forget that game starts in like 15 minutes if you're watching this live. Go check it out. Go support your Dallas Cowboys. Um, If they lose, none of y'all motherfuckers better text me. So just like inundate him with uh, Texas, basically. All right, guys. Until next week, we see you on HBO Max. We'll watch Don't Worry, Darling, and you'll hear the review right here next week, next Monday, right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. How about them, Cowboys?